This episode of the Getting Smart Podcast is part of our new Pathways campaign. What is something you used to think that you've changed your mind about? It's time for us to do that with all things learning. Previous Getting Smart campaigns have laid the groundwork of networks, place, purpose, and innovation. Our latest effort, the new Pathways campaign, will serve as a catalyst for unbundling education to allow for new learning models that are sustained by support and guidance and embedded in scalable systems. In partnership with ASA, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Stand Together, and the Walton Foundation, the new Pathways campaign will question education status quo and propose new methods of giving students a chance to experience success in what's next. Find out more at gettingsmart.com backslash new pathways. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. I'm Shani Carruthers, and today I am joined by a dream team of guests. I'm joined by Kelly Fast, Director of Experiential Learning. I'm also joined by four incredible students, Mary, Suzanne, Claire, and Ginger, and they're all from Notre Dame de Sion in Kansas City, Missouri. For those who are listening, we do have five people again, um, and, and so we're very excited to be joined by this team of students and their teacher. And Sion, um, if you haven't heard from our previous podcast, are doing like some really amazing things, and this team of students is no exception. But first, Kelly, I'm going to start with you, and I want to talk about this Global Impacts Micro School, which is a, a newer, a slightly newer concept um, that you all are doing at Sion. What is the Global Micro Schools? Well, thanks, Shani, for having us today. Um, the Global Micro School is um, a version of one of our impacts classes at Scion. Uh, at Notre Dame to Scion, we really lean into experiential education. Uh, and in the curricular area, we've developed several impacts classes. And all of these impacts classes have certain things in common. They're student-driven, uh, they're design thinking, they're community-partnered, client-connected, um, research-based, and they kind of fit different niches. Some of them are entrepreneurial, some of them are engineering based, um, some of them are uh, social justice based. This one is globally based, as the name says. So we developed it this year. Uh, my two co-directors and myself, Dr. Maury Williams, who's the director of humanities, and Emily Lai, who's the director of STEAM. And we teach this interdisciplinary class as um, three uh, curricular pieces. So it's interdisciplinary. It's an AP English credit. It's an ethics credit, which is the theology credit at Scion. And it's a global health credit, which is a science elective. And that was a great thing for us to do because it made this a core class for students, not an elective class, which really helps kind of fit it into their schedule. But our main goal was to create um, a really authentic real world experience for students where they were directing their own education, choosing their own research, and ultimately thinking comparatively between the United States and the globe, in this case, Kenya. So over the course of the semester, students have used the UN Sustainable Development Goals to form their research projects or form their ideas. They've connected with partners in Kansas City who are working with those same goals. Um, and then ultimately in the spring, They'll travel to Kenya and work with analogous projects that are tied to those same goals. All along, students are developing their own research projects. 
So um, the, they are informed um, actors when they arrive in Kenya. They're not just there as travelers. They're there doing research. And they'll then come back during fourth quarter and they'll present their research to our, to our larger community. So it's really ambitious. We were excited to have so many students that were interested um, in applying to this program. And these students are, are fantastic. They've done a great job all semester. Definitely ambitious is putting it lightly. Uh, <laughs> but as you, you know, I guess why is it important for students to be able to think globally? Because, you know, I, why, why is that important? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, we've had conversations in class with students um, and they can say this better than I, I can. Um, they understand themselves in a, in a global perspective, um, probably better than I did when I was their age. Um, they think about the larger world. Um, we tackle issues like equity, uh, climate, education. Um, they've had great discussions about how that works beyond their lives and beyond Scion and beyond America. Um, so when we thought about education, we thought about how that works here at school, how it works in Kansas City. They worked with a partner school in Kansas City. But then they also thought about how education works differently in the rest of the world. And then if they pair up with, if they choose to go that path, and pair up with a school in Kenya, they'll then pursue that research there. But I think um, this younger generation has a much better understanding of their their place in the larger world. And I definitely I'm, I'm going to turn to the students in a second to hear um, more about that understanding. But I do want to understand from you first, how how does this class and this global thinking connect to the um, to the science success outcomes? Sure. Um, at Scion. We have a really great um, mission statement where we want to connect each student to her individual purpose. And then as a part of that, our how is that we have Scion success outcomes. Um, and there are nine outcomes and the students can speak to them as well. But what's really great for us is that all of our programming, we ground in those outcomes so that when a student graduates from Scion, these are qualities like being an empathetic perspective taker, being a humble difference maker, uh, being a growth minded learner. Um, all things that are occurring in their traditional classes as well, but these experiences um, give them such a uh, expanded opportunity uh, to grow in those ways. And those outcomes really allow our school um, the flexibility and creativity to develop new programming because we're truly interested in students leaving uh, with those outcomes. Okay. And Claire, I'll throw it to you first, or if anyone else wants to speak up. As you all think about those outcomes that Kelly was just talking about, do you feel like those are true to who a Scion student really is? Um, I really think that Scion students like represent the portrait of a graduate that we have for us because like all of our classes, um, all of the activities that we do really focus on um, not just like giving us like knowledge that we are going to like regurgitate for tests, but by really trying to impact our lives and like shape how we're going to go out in the world in the future. And so even if, you know, you didn't like participate in like experiential classes like this, you still are like being shaped by these goals. And I think a lot of Scion students um, graduate um, having completed these and really bringing them in the rest of their lives. And I know that um, as a as a class, you all have created a mission statement. Um, can someone walk me through what that is and the why behind it? Sure. Like um, 
Our mission statement is to empower the next generation of solutionaries with the courage and agency to broaden their perspectives and confront global challenges. And um, we sat in class and brainstormed that for days. I'm going to say brainstorming, not my favorite process. <laughs> it was long and it was it was hard, but it taught me like that collaboration as a team really can make something so like that can really define everyone in our class. Like we thought about every single word that went into this and thought about how, you know, how the word solutionaries fits in. Like that word wasn't a word, <laughs> hasn't been a word for the past like hundred years. And so using it in this new context and helping, using it to help our class seem like, um, using it to help our class find its mission and find its goals really helped I think us put into perspective what we want to do with this class and the global scope of what it is. And Mary, what is a solutionary? Like based on how you all wrote it in here, what's a solutionary? We have it defined as, well, what I interpreted it as is like someone who identifies real world problems out in the world that have to do with like any issue really, but really just global scope, problems that have a global scope and identifying those problems and seeking out solutions instead of just sitting in a boardroom and talking about it over and over and over again. We are going to Kenya, we are seeking solutions and we are globally outreaching and we are forming those goals together as a class. And and as you think about reaching out, um, Suzanne, you all are also really focused on like some some of the UN sustainable development goals. Can you talk about a couple of those and then Ginger, if you want to talk about the others? Yeah, sure. Of course. So um, we've been looking at uh, five goals specifically. The UN SDG goals are um, things that the UN set in place to um, achieve, I think, by 2030 to make the world a better place sort of um, for people and for the earth itself. Um, the first one we focused on was good health and well-being. Um, and we, we learned about how that doesn't really just pertain to physical well-being. Um, it also pertains to mental well-being and um, relationships and how everything around you can affect your well-being and um, what makes a person um, put in a position where it's easier for them to have good health and well-being, whereas other people do not have that opportunity and how that's different. Um, and looking at that on a global scale, like how much easier it is to have good health and well-being in America as opposed to Kenya, perhaps. And um, so that's been pretty pertinent. Um, we th I think we did that at the beginning of the class. Um, our second was quality education. And I think this one was really important to me was um, how education can impact you so immensely, um, especially the type of education. It's what you're learning. It's how you're being taught. It's whether or not you're learning from a slideshow every day or whether you're actually like having conversations, um, interacting with people to gain knowledge, not just um, having to memorize things, kind of like Claire said earlier. Um, also, uh, what kind of education you're exposed to where you are in the world can also affect what you're able to do in life, how um, education is extremely tied to socioeconomic mobility and um, how quality education would really make the world a better place if it was available to every single person. 
Okay, so I will talk about <clears throat> the next two goals that we have learned. So goal five is gender equality. And for this one, we talked about a lot like period poverty, um, which is like access, like not having access to feminine hygiene products. Um, and we've partnered, we have a couple partners. Um, the first was an organization called um, Days for Girls. Um, it's like an international organization. They try to get like these little packs, like bags with like reusable pads um, to girls in like poor countries um, where there's more like period poverty is uh, more of an issue. Um, and then the second one was a local organization called Giving Hope and Help. Um, we met with their founder and like talked about like kind of reorganizing their website, like some like rebranding things. And it was really fun um, to get to know them. And they have, we did a period packing um, deep dive. So at our school, we have these deep dives as part of our experiential learning. Um, um, so our class like organized this, we like raised money, collected pads for the period packing party. And we did that with like everyone who signed up and we packed a lot of bags. I don't remember, probably at least 200, 300, I don't, I don't remember, but it was a lot. So we definitely had a big impact that way. Um, then the next goal, um, goal 12, is responsible consumption and production. So that was like more environmental focused, like how much like are we consuming like just it could be anything from like trash food to like our output like our carbon footprint like when we're driving around like how like driving your car to school versus like taking public transportation which is more efficient and like what are we doing at home to like make sure that we can put out like less like we have a less of a carbon footprint like it's just that was honestly my favorite one um, because that's what I'm thinking about doing for my research, like sustainability. How do we um, like tackle the problem of climate change? Like, cause if we can't solve this problem, like we're not gonna be able to do anything else. So that's, those are the four. And then the last one, goal 15, life on land. Um, we haven't done that one yet, but I'm excited for it. Absolutely. and. Just from each of you, I'll just quickly ask, based on your work that you've done with just these sustainable goals already, what, how, has, how have you been changed? Okay. Um, I think, like, really diving into these goals, I've definitely learned a lot about, like, the world. Like, there was, there were definitely problems, like, I was aware of. Like, I was aware that climate change was a bad thing and it was happening. I was aware that, you know, girls don't always get the same access to education everywhere. But really like diving into these and like going out into our community and just seeing how it affected like people around us and nearby us and then also looking at it in like a global perspective and seeing like how it affected people around the world, it definitely like opened my eyes to like how, what this problem is really causing for people's lives. Like it made me more empathetic to um, like 
how people are affected by these problems because like in my life I like I definitely hear about them but I don't so much as like I don't experience period poverty like I'm not personally affected by um you know the rising oceans so it's definitely like given me more like empathy to people and like understanding of the people who are firsthand experiencing these um I feel like the thing that really like excites me the most and like that I learned the most about myself from these goals is like every single one of them was paired with an experiential trip or like a field like a field trip it was a field trip but it was so much more to me because I got to see other parts of my community in the Kansas City community like I know the point of this class is we're outreaching to Kenya and we're doing all these global travels but what really mattered to me was that we got to like interact with businesses like Giving Hope and Help who are working to fight period poverty in the Kansas City community. And their president, Jessica, Miss um, Jessica, she she actually donated the first $400 necessary for our trip just by hearing about the work that we were doing. Yeah, and it just helps me realize like how kind and caring this community is in Kansas City and how much they want to help and how much how people are really excited this and it makes me excited and it makes me I've learned so much about how deeply tied you can be to this community of businesses and this community of nonprofits in Kansas City it's so impactful to me um so I think for me definitely this class has made me realize I can actually make a difference like I can actually be a solutionary and like come up with solutions to all these global problems. Like I just need to like identify one. And like I can talk to my teachers, like through the research, like it's going to be like a great way to actually like feel like I'm doing something. And I think this is also like something great that I'll be able to take to college with me. Um, like do research related to the environment and sustainability. I think that's something I'm really passionate about. So we'll have to see how it goes, but um, that's probably the thing I'm most grateful for in this class. Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I grew up hearing about climate change and uh, the problems surrounding the world um, so heavily. I remember I was in Girl Scouts and like so many of our little lessons that we would do were focused on issues around the world, but we weren't really given um solutions to those we were just told they existed and um it frankly terrified me as a seven-year-old hearing about like um everything dying basically and um i i had no idea what to do about that and nobody was really telling me what to do about that and um being in this class has given me a way to look at the problems um not just with negativity but with the positive um lens to believe that there's something I can do about it. And not only uh, that, but I think seeing these problems and talking about them makes me see that like they are not just global problems, like kind of like Mary said, they're, they're local as well. But I think I don't really think about them like locally, whereas I think about them globally. But once I start talking about them, I see them in my own community. And I think it's also really interesting to see how a different country deals with the same problem that we have here because all the countries around the world have the same problems. It's just a matter of how they're dealing with them. And I think there's a lot to learn from um, how other countries manage their problems and to not always assume that our way is the right way and to look at 
global problems with an open mind and um, just ready to learn and try to help the best we can. And all of you, I think, or at least a few of you have mentioned, like, just the real local impact. And you all have mentioned some of the partners. Um, And Mary, I'll I'll ask you, the partners that you all are working with, because you mentioned Jessica, who gave the $400, um, just because, you know, she heard your story and she also believed in the impact you all are trying to make. But who are some other partners that you all are working with? Um, We worked with... uh Cheyenne has a lower school, so we worked with them. We planned an entire lesson, basically, and taught it to a group of eighth graders at the lower school. And that was really impactful. It gave us a lens into, like, the world of teaching and the world of, like, how to plan quality education. Um, We worked with uh, the sewing labs. We went there and we sewed these sort of, like, they're for girls anywhere to, like, be able to safely carry period products back and forth. And we learned from these amazing women. Um, they showed us how like how to sew these bags, how to prepare, how to work a sewing machine. It was a really, it just reminded me of like my grandma and everybody teaching me how to sew and different things like that. It was really impactful to me. And then um, we worked with Herbivore, which was probably one of the coolest trips that I've been on all year field trip wise. Like we got to go see, I mean, it was the best apple like I've ever tasted on this urban farm. It actually tasted, it was like sweet. It didn't taste. I'm like, I haven't been able to taste the chemicals in fruit until I had that apple. And now I'm just like, wow. (laughs) Um, Working on an urban farm like that, it really just like seeing what they're doing and how impactful it was for me because like, they actually are making real food and are trying to form like real bonds with the earth in the Kansas city community. And I thought that was so, so cool. And Claire, you were shaking your head when Mary was talking about herbivore. You're like, yes, like you, you can tell that resonated with you. What was it about herbivore for you or any of the partners? Herbivore was just like so cool because it, I mean, it's this farm in the middle of Kansas city. Like she just, they have this big plot of land, but like as soon as like you step off of it, like you're in like Kansas City, like you're in an like a neighborhood. There are like big buildings nearby, so it's so weird that you just like walked in and they were growing crops and they had pigs and they had like, chickens, um, and it was just it was like so interesting because they built their house like on this farm and their house was like entire like they built it themselves like they're not construction workers they just they built it, but the direction they built it facing was so that in the winter, the sun would directly shine through it. But in the summer, like it wouldn't. And they like figured out how to get like heating and cooling without using any electricity. They like made their own plumbing system. Like they really just like they like regular people. Like she kept saying that, you know, she didn't study any of these things in like university. Like she's just a regular person who like learned about these things and just decided to do something about it. And so she made this massive sustainable farm that she doesn't just live on, but they, they sell their food um, to other people. Like they feed people with this sustainable agriculture. And so I just like thought it was so empowering to see someone like just a random person, like do all of these things, like without any formal training or knowledge, she just, got an idea and ran with it. And it was just so impactful. And these, these trips, it's, um, these learning experience seem like the perfect kickoff to the work that you all are going to be doing very soon. 
in Kenya. Can someone talk about why Kenya? Why why did you all pick Kenya? Um, I can go. I okay. mean, we didn't pick Kenya. The teachers <laughs> picked Kenya. Um, but I think because um, the Lewa Conservancy, the place we're going to, has so many great learning opportunities on it. We can study so many different things in that area. Um, I know some people are more interested in wildlife conservation and we will be living on a conservation for I think a week and um, and we're, we're going to have the opportunity to see how that place is run, that kind of stuff. And then um, going somewhere, I'm not sure about the other part as much because I haven't focused on that area as much, but um, I think because it just has so many opportunities and because it is like so starkly different from our culture that there is just so much to learn that we just haven't experienced before. And Suzanne, speaking of the wildlife conservation, because I know that is your focus and just in my very quick research, I saw like you can sleep outside under the stars. Um, so in, in the kind of the wildlife, is that something you're looking forward to? And, and how did you pick your focus? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm um, number one. I love the stars. It's my favorite thing ever. And being in a place where you can actually see them is um, probably like one of the most deeply touching experiences for me. Anywhere I go, I try to see the stars. Um, it's I'm super excited about wildlife conservation just because I um, know it's so important to have biodiversity within our planet. Um, but I'm going to be focusing on sort of um, not just wildlife conservation, but um, human interaction with wildlife conservation. Like, are we helping or are we hindering? And um, to what extent um, do we need to be being a part of it? And what extent do we not help? Or how do like random interactions, like when when a human meets an animal, what can we do to, you know, leave it alone or what should we be doing? What shouldn't we be doing or how accidents happen and how that's helping and how that's enduring. I think it's really interesting to, to see what we're helping and, and what's not at all and um, whether or not we need to take a step back. And I think that's really important to be self-aware of what we're doing. And Claire, you're going to be focused on conservation education. What, what does that look like? So for my research, I'm really focusing on the two SDGs, um, gender equality and quality education. Um, and I think that what something we learned about with like period poverty is that in places like Kenya, these like in these rural communities, there's not always consistent access to sanitation and sanitary products. So girls have to miss school when they're on their period because they 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 can't um, they can't necessarily clean their clothes every day. Um, so they, they miss out on a lot. And so I really want to look into like, how is that affecting girls throughout their lives? Like not just, oh, they're falling a little bit behind their male classmates in class, but what impacts is that having in their adult lives? What are they being limited? Like what, in what ways are they being limited because they are missing school for like a week out of every month? And so, and then also like what can be done to help them? Obviously there are organizations that like some of the partners we worked with, they try and help this by giving reusable sanitary products, but like it's still an ongoing issue and just really wanting to dive into that. And Mary, you're going to be working on designing a livestock market. What is your why and what is that? Um, 
Well, when I was looking through the research options, um, this was the one that really stuck out to me as like, you're getting to go experience like the cultural connections of Kenya. And like, you get to go visit the uh, Maasai village and go out herding and learn about medicinal plants, which just, which just seems so cool to me. And it felt like a real topic that I really wanted to pursue. And I just have always, since I was little, I was that kid who was outside just like picking up random plants and pretending to make like potions and stuff out of them and doing all that like type stuff. So being able to get out with a community that works as pastoralists and like works through that like culturally bonded world, I want to experience that and I want to help whatever I can do to help create sustainability within that community. I think that'd be really impactful for me and really cool. Just in general. And Ginger, you're going to be working with red and carbon credits. What is that? And what is your why? Red stands for reducing emissions from deforestation and forest degradation. So it's basically an effort to like reduce emissions and carbon credits um, how those work is if you like reduce like your carbon emissions, then eventually if you like reduce it enough, you get like money for it. And it's like a way to encourage people um, to like output less. Um, and my why, I guess I just realize more people need to be like doing this, like trying to reduce their emissions, especially here, like in the US, like we are like one of the biggest like outputters of like carbon dioxide and like stuff from fossil fuels and like some of it is like big like production factories all that but like a lot of it there are so many people here and like I understand that not everyone can do that like not everyone has the means um to reduce their emissions um but I know that like so one of the reasons like Herbivore impressed me so much was that they had a goal of like achieving net zero emissions and they actually like achieved it. Cause like, I know at the end of the day, I'm going to get in my gasoline car and drive home and I'm going to use a bunch of heating cause it's cold now and electricity to like charge my phone, laptop and like turn on the lights. Like I am not like entirely sustainable, like the stuff I'm doing like, I'm still, I can talk about, like, wanting to solve climate change, and but yet I'm still, like, using up, like, all this electricity and energy, like, right now even. So I think I just want to go from the saying to the doing. That is my why. I love all of this. And I know you all have done some great like work and growth mindset. So I'm going to bring that there back to just a second. And because when you when you go from a country to country, sometimes you really do have to have a, a really open mind, a growth mindset. So in terms of this travel and the research and this class for each of you, what is your yet? I haven't left this country yet. I just want to say like overall, like I have never been across like the sea or anywhere else in the world like I I feel like I need this or I don't need it but like I want to do this I was so excited to apply to be a part of this program I was so nervous to see if I would get in or not because like I want to travel and see what 
this community is. And I want to research like my other teacher, one of my other teachers, Ms. Lai, she's been introducing what like the beginnings of a research project is to me for the first time in writing a research paper. And that was something entirely new that I've never done before. I've only ever written like essays around one book, but writing an entire collection of research, it feels so adult. And I have not done that yet, but I'm so excited to do it. Well, I think I have a lot of yet. I have a lot of things that I'm not quite there with yet. Um, I think one of the biggest is I haven't traveled far enough yet for me. Um, I think the, the thing I've always loved to do is just get as far away as possible um, and experience as many different things as I possibly can um, and and learn as much as I can from all those experiences. And I hope to travel to as many places as I can in the future and learn as much as I can, because I kind of like what Mary said, I haven't written a research paper yet. Um, but one of my biggest passions I think is, is writing and um, giving knowledge out, trying to, to show what I've learned to other people so that they can gain that knowledge because not everybody can travel and not everybody can experience cultures and and see what is really happening in the real world. And some people aren't really interested in doing that. Some people aren't willing to believe that those problems are real. And the only way for those people to understand what's really going on is for people like us to go out, do research, come back and present it effectively. And I haven't been able to do that yet. And that's what I want to do with my life is present that to the world effectively. And I think this is the first step for me to do what I'm really passionate about. So that's my yet. Um, for mine, I think my yet is really like about problem solving. Um, because we at Scion, like we talk about problem solving so much and I've like worked on that, like in my classes. Um, but I haven't like come up with a real like problem, like, thought of one like of my own and then like actually tried to come up with a solution so I think that's what like the research is all about um so for me I have not done my research yet but I will I I feel like they all like covered what I'm gonna say like I haven't been to Kenya yet I haven't conducted a research project yet um but they're all things that I'm looking forward to do um and i think it's gonna be a great opportunity absolutely well i know this <clears throat> this all isn't free and it takes like a lot of great partners that you all have identified um and you all are working on your fundraising and you all have done like a lot of pitches um so what what is the process um, that you have gone through in order to raise money for you all to have this experience? And how can people connect with you all if they, you know, hear your story and, and want to uh, help? Um, I think fundraising wise, um, it's really important just because we wanted this class to be equitable because um, going to Kenya is not cheap, obviously, and um, I know for me personally, I wouldn't be able to be in this class if it wasn't equitable. Um, and I think I was I was really touched by that. Um, and what we've done is we've sort of learned how to storytell and how to give pitches. So we've been working for I think like three weeks on um, how to um, present our 
story in a way that's appealing to audiences that will make us them you know like hear our story and connect with us in a way that will make them want to help us just um and we've gone to Berkeley um where we learned about um sort of marketing and um, presenting pitches. I think that was really impactful for me because I really like that workplace as well. And uh, obviously we haven't fundraised all the money yet, but we're still working on it. We're still developing our pitch. We're still looking out for outreach partners. Um, and I think we have an email that um, we can. Um, yeah, I, I have the email if you guys want it it's um global impacts at ndsion.edu so global impacts at ndsion.edu and um really for our fundraising goals i just feel like we've gotten to go through the process of writing a pitch for the first time just like suzanne said like going to barclay and just i don't know it's exciting to just be doing like adult things and finally feeling like you're growing up and like you can get out into the world and do it. I'm not excited. I mean, capitalism, whatever, doing a job, I get, we're joined the American workforce. I'm part of the problem or whatever, but I am excited to like start doing real world things. It's really, it's in the name, real world impacts. And we're starting to make those for me and for like people out in the world. I think that's really cool. Woo, Kelly. Oh my goodness, this whole time doing this podcast, I'm like trying to hold it in because they are so amazing and you get to work with this group of students and so many more because I know all the sciences and they're all equally as awesome. What has this meant for you and what are you looking most looking forward to and sharing this experience with the students in Kenya? Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, it was great for me to sit and listen to them for 30 minutes. I, I agree. Um, how moving. Um we as teachers get to take them to participate in experiences. And we definitely see ourselves as, um, you know, connecting them to, to real experts in the real world, but it's not often that we get to sit and listen to them reflect on it. So this was a really great opportunity to do that. And you're right. It's not only these four students, but all the students in the class and all the students at Scion are really, you know, capable of doing this. Um, uh, this, I'm thankful to be at a school that took the chance, um, on such a, you know, creative out of the box course. Um, it was really ambitious, especially the, the Kenya part of it, you know, to have a truly equitable, um, course, uh, with a huge travel component, um, you know, that, that worked with unbundling and rebundling credits to give these students the opportunities to, to do, like Mary said, uh, real world things and finally get to be, you know, adults. Um, I'm just thankful every day that I get to be a part of it. It's really, really exciting. It's great to teach with two amazing colleagues, um, that bring so much to the table as well. Uh, it is a lot of work, but a lot of, you know, great work. Uh, we often say in the class that we're sort of building the plane as we're flying and we're really thankful that the students, um, are flexible and open as we're trying new things every day. Uh, one of the you know toughest things for students and teachers is is dealing with ambiguity. Um, this is a class that's not traditional in terms of grades and tests and like Claire said, sort of sitting and getting information. Um, and there's a lot of you know gray area with it that that really allows for for a lot of learning. And it really only happens because these students are so 
open and ambitious and, you know, willing to try it. So um, I couldn't be happier with it. Thanks for tuning into the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much. 